Okay, uh, for segment four, season seven, episode ten, with the theme of Beyond uh, Beyond Res Borders, this is Navajo Adoption. This segment explores what the future of the res kids will look like if more foster homes on the res are provided and what a few negative issues might come from it. So going back to what I was saying about the new programs, that screenwriting project about foster kids, you know, basically learning their stories so I could retell it. Well, not retell it, but just tell it. You know, it might give these res kids something to look forward to when they get older. They'll be like, oh, you know, that that guy calls himself the Native Ravager. He came over one time and and he talked with us or he talked with me or whatever. And um, he was asking about my story or our story. And and we told him or I told him. And so he went off and created this filming project about it. And that's my story. And my name is even in the credits, you know. So what a great feeling, I think, that it would, you know, provide these kids. So that way they don't think that the only thing that's, to, left to do out here on the res is get drunk or join the army, you know, or join the Marines. But if anything, you know, they they might look at that and say, you know what, that is very interesting. You know, I I didn't know that we had that potential as a tribe. Well, it just depends on who wants to tell their story and how badly they want to, you know, or if they're not embarrassed to tell their story of what they've been through, you know, that would definitely give them more, not more authority, but give them more personal power to like uh, confidence to really believe in themselves and whatever else they want to do in the future. And, you know, knowing that there is an outlet for something like that is where I think they will definitely be more uh, eager to become filmmakers and tell their stories. And once they do that, I think um, well, if anything, once they get their stories heard or they know it's going to be published or produced in some way or another, um, you know, that maybe other families uh, will really start to look at adoption, like if they can't have kids and or if they're looking for a tax write-off, they can get kids. But, you know, there there is a shortage of families that are willing to take in kids. And I was going to talk about this two, three seasons ago. Uh, for season three, I was going to talk about this where I was going to say, well, you know, this is when everything was kind of going okay. I was going to say, well, you know, for Native Ravager, I'm not really looking forward to hooking up or settling down with a Rez chick, but if I can adopt a kid, I think that would definitely help me out because for one thing, tax write-off, you know, but for another thing is I could teach this kid like everything that I've been learning on my own as well as homeschooling the kid, you know. And then if you're saying, well, Native Ravager, you know, these um, these homeschooling programs, you know, they only work for certain people or whatever. It's better to put them in a large group so they can learn how to interact with the public, you know, for me, I would have been like, well, you know, this is my adopted kids. So, you know, I'll, I'll go with this, you know, I'll run with it. But at the same time, you know, looking at the way, um, the way things were unstable at the time, I didn't really do an episode on it, a segment on it. And I just, 
I'm doing it now because I'm just saying that, you know, it's a good time to try to look into adopting. I think that'd be pretty interesting, especially uh, if you're lonely or if you already had kids and they all grew up and you're like, damn, I wish I had a kid on my own again. You know, go over there to the, you know, adoption place. And and if your home is livable and you got space for this kid and you got pretty much electricity and running water, uh, modern utilities, then maybe that foster home, I say, okay, yeah, you're a good, you're a good pick. And then also, I don't know how, how much stern or strict of a background they do, background check, but... Hopefully they weed out all the uh, pedophiles and child molesters and all those assholes. So that way the kid lives, you know, lives in a home where they don't have to worry about shit like that. And, and then um, at the same time, you know, the, um, the, the kids can feel more comfortable to learn, you know, because there's a lot of kids with, um, what, what was it, ADHD and what was it? hyper attention deficit disorder or some shit like that. Um, you know, all those kids. And then plus the, um, oh, what do you call that damn thing? They always talk about it. Um, not hypertension, not diabetes. Um, not autistic. Well, autism, I think it was autism, but there was something else and it just kind of keeps kids, you know, it, it's kind of hard to, for them to learn, but, once they get that one-on-one experience, you know, I think that's where they will pretty much thrive. And when they don't get that one-on-one experience, I think that's where they act out and get all rowdy. I still don't know what autism is, man. I, I try to figure out what that, um, what that's all about. Uh, autistic autism. Um, it's, I know it causes different, um, it causes different uh, personalities or, or mind frames. That's as far as I know. So, you know, if somebody were to ask me, well, Mr. Know-it-all, what is autism? All this shit, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all I know is that um, it affects kids and um, if they don't get the right treatment, they could definitely go mental, you know, schizo or whatever. <laughs> and um, that's why, you know... I think it's, well, it is important to, uh, you know, kind of show these kids that there are better ways to do things than maybe from the violent home they were raised in or from a home or from parents that were too drunk or too drugged out to really take care of them, you know. And there's a lot of resentment from these um, adopted foster kids, you know. Uh, I know of a few within the family bloodline, the relatives and in-laws and whatnot. The the kid that was put up for adoption or the foster kid really tends to not like the biological parents. They hate them because they gave them up at that time. You know, no matter what the situation was, whether if it was something that had to be done court of law or they just couldn't handle it couldn't afford it or they're just druggies or whatever uh that whole thing right there they resent them and they don't like them but also on another note i don't know if it's the same foster kids but those that grew up without fathers 
those are the ones that really yearn to see, to meet their biological father. And if their father happened to die from whatever reason, then they never get that closure. So they kind of roam around without ever having that closure, which I think kind of has them act out and lash out in different ways. So, like I said, I had a daddy, not that I'm bragging too much about it, but with him, it wasn't any greater. I was, I sh sometimes I think I would have been better off without having known my father or have not, you know, being raised by him because of all these violent tendencies and he's just being a womanizer and an alcoholic, just basically it was a big letdown because he was just a loser. And then when his funeral came, and I was, uh, you know, going to help bury him. And when they opened up the casket and we could see him, he was, I said this before, you know, uh, on like season one, two, three, four, five, um, that my dad looked a lot uh, paler and he just looked a lot more calm. There, were, All that stress was off him. And my dad was suffering from diabetes, so his skin was dark, you know. And you, if you looked at him, you would have said, is that your dad? Is he a Ginny or a Nakai or what is he? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you think he is, that's what he is. But anyways, um, so based off of that, that's where um, I was looking at him saying, and it was heartbreaking because my sisters, they started crying and their, their tears of, or their cries of pain really hit me in the heart. I was like, oh, fuck, man, shut up. But um <clears throat> I looked at my dad and I was like, man, dude, there you are, man. Where were you all these years? What happened to you? Why did you become such an asshole? Why did you change? Why did you have to join all that fucking witchcraft bullshit? Why did you have to make friends with skinwalkers and all this shit? Why couldn't you be there? Why couldn't you help support me? Or why couldn't you at least, <coughs> excuse me, why couldn't you at least come to my football game um, at least once, you know? And I really can't complain too much because he did come to my um, uh, graduation for the um, uh, graduating out of boot camp or boot camp, basic training out of the, the army. And uh, for high school graduation, I really didn't give a shit. I didn't want to go anyway, so it really didn't matter to me. What was pretty neat or special about my graduation night was that um, my dad and I were watching Seinfeld. <laughs> we weren't in the same room. I was in the living room. He was in his room, his bedroom. But we were still watching the same shows on two TVs. So to me, that was special enough. That was good enough, man. You know, I, I wasn't the type to, well, he, he really didn't raise me to be the type to tell my, to use a lot of love words and give him hugs and shit like that. And to me, when I see other uh, Navajo guys do that and call their dad, dad, or they, they tell their dad they love them and all that, or give their dad hugs, even possibly kiss him on like the top of the head or something. It's just really weird to me. I'm like, uh, okay, man, you know, every, everybody's been raised differently, so I'm not going to judge these people, but they, um, it just kind of makes me uncomfortable to be around that, see that. So I just say, all right, man, that's, that's them. Good for them, you know. And then, uh, so going back to what I was saying about the uh, foster kids again, that that's as much as I know, you know, um, like nowadays being a loner, uh, I, I'm not really a hermit. I, I want to be a hermit, but you know, I, I still have to get out and interact with the public and 
you know, I got to get my mom's laundry done, her grocery done, or get the propane or whatever. I have to leave the house and I have to go into the major populated areas, the towns, cities, whatever. And I have to talk to those type of people and um, kind of let them know, well, you know, I, I need your services for this reason or that reason. And all the while, you know, it's pretty interesting how um, it's pretty interesting how the dynamics of all that work, because I can, uh, you know, now as an older man, I can uh, not associate, but I can sympathize, empathize for a foster kid who's just alone, but they don't want to be alone. They want to be loved. They want to be a part of some, they want to be a part of a family. They want to be acknowledged. They want to be thanked. They want to be, they want to be known that they exist. While for me, I'm the opposite. I don't want people to know I exist. I don't want to be out there. I don't want to join anybody. And yet here I am, you know, working with the lawyer on getting this nonprofit back. And uh, even though I don't really say too much about it in public, only the few statements of being stabbed in the back, um, you know, I, I have to be out there in public. So that's what sucks about that. So in a way I, I can agree or I can understand what a foster kid goes through. And, um, but if I were to adopt one, I'm going to say, you know, well, don't be like me. <laughs> don't be a loner like me. I've, I've only be started to become a loner because I can't trust anybody. You know, um, everybody that I did try to trust, they all let me down in some certain ways. So, um, you know, Hopefully the foster kid, if I did adopt one, I would say, hey, look, man, you know, hopefully I will give you enough resources, tools, knowledge and experience that you won't have to turn out like me. <laughs> you won't have to be like me. You, you can do things way out there with friends and loved ones or whatever. Get yourself a um, get yourself a, a mate, you know. And whether or not I uh, adopt a boy or a girl, let's say I adopt either one, then to me, it really wouldn't matter. I'd just be like, just don't turn out like me. <laughs> but be better than whoever put you up for adoption. If it's your mom and your dad or your dad or just your mom or whatever, be better than them. Don't, don't let that fucking bring you down, you know. If anything, just keep moving forward and, um, keep learning, keep teaching yourself and be open to conversations and don't be too close minded, you know, anyway, and don't learn witchcraft and stab someone in the back like the native ravager. Cause I will find out and, <clears throat> and I'll dedicate a whole podcast episode to it. But for right now, let's just uh, go ahead and jump on to the last segment of this episode. And this one will be Decline of entertainment. Stand by once again. <laughs> 